Greetings, greetings. Good morning, good morning. If you're facing the morning, I'm your host, Cypher MC. This is the Enter the Cypher podcast. Today's a, a special day, so to speak, as we celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a civil rights activist uh, who was assassinated. But his message, his dream, that is what we're going to look into today. In today's topic, what would Dr. King think of today's America? What would Dr. King think of today's America? So that's what we're going to be exploring today. Um, And first and foremost, you know, we're definitely going to get our disclaimer out. I'm not a scientist, a doctor, therapist, or psychologist of any kind. I don't have a master's degree or doctorate from Harvard. I am just a regular, say it with me, Joe Schmo. Just giving you, hopefully providing you with a different perspective on how to look at life as we continue to work to the best version of ourselves. Um, Sometimes looking at those versions, we have to have hard conversations. We have to have those conversations that we normally want to avoid. Um, But I don't believe in sweeping anything under the rug. The more you sweep something under the rug, the bigger that lump under the rug gets. And pretty much you're going to trip over that lump. And you know what happens then? You're going to pull back that rug and see everything that you swept under there. And then you're going to have to deal with everything all at once. So might as well deal with it as it comes and then move forward. But I wanted to do this on yesterday. I wasn't feeling too well. I'm still not 100%, but I said, you know what? This is what we do with the cipher. No matter how we feel, we're going to press forward. Um, you know, the physical is only temporary anyway, um, but we're going to press forward. So what would Dr. King think of today's America? As I was looking at his speech and listening to it on AmericanRhetoric.com, I wish I was able to actually provide excerpts from it. Um, however, it is copyrighted uh, by the King, um, the King Estate. So, um, but I can, you know, definitely read parts of it that I feel that are definitely, uh, definitely poignant as far as what he was saying then and how it reflects to now, 60, 60 years later. But the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. So let, let, let's let's face it. The lives of most um, black civil rights figures are not taught very well in our schools. They're not addressed very well. And I'm not saying that they need to change the curriculum and, and try to have the life of Harriet Tubman or Sojourner Truth or uh, Malcolm X in detail, you know, you know, chronicling their life or anything such as that. Because I'm sure the school may look at it as, hey, we're going to touch on these figures, but if you want to learn more, you can do research on your own, or when you go to college, you can major in African American studies or something to that effect. But I feel that it this fails our children on all levels and no matter the color because if these kids don't know why they're out of school 
or is this a holiday? Yeah, it's a holiday, but do you know the individual? Do you know why it's a holiday? Do you know the impact that this individual made on America that he got his own holiday? And most of our kids would, would not know. And, and that falls on us as parents to kind of say, hey, you know what? I may be off from work. You may be out of school. But do you know why that you're out of school today? Do you know why that I'm off from work today? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. has always been one of my favorite, I don't want to say heroes, one of those individuals I admire, mainly because he wanted it to always take a nonviolent approach, a nonviolent approach to getting results. He believed that through through love and communication and faith that it could defeat hatred and racism in this country. And I myself, I still believe that. I mean, I, I believe that there currently you have to adjust to the times and you have to more or less kind of involve the political aspect as well, you know, to get things done. But there's going to be resistance. If you, if we expect resistance to teachings of love and, and peace and, and faith and tranquility, then guess what? If we expect the resistance, we'll, know, we'll figure out ways to combat it. We'll figure out ways to actually say, you know what? I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to feel that way. And here's what I'm going to come back with. Rather than allowing our emotions at that point to overcome us. And, and then it escalates from there. But that was his... That was his approach. That was his approach. And the main thing... One of the excerpts, if you don't mind... I like to read this here... Um, that stood out to me he said but there is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred basically hate Going against hate is not going to solve the issue. It's not going to get us result, the results that we want. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. To me, that is very powerful, mainly because he was saying, hey, we're going to be met with physical force. We're going to be met with threats. We're going to be met with those things that would make us react in a defensive nature that would ultimately escalate into more violence. And he was saying this to everyone. He didn't single out you know, all, all white people are bad because if you look at the actual footage of the March on Washington, there were many civil rights sympathizers and devotees to civil rights there that were white. 
that that saw the bigger picture and was like, well, why is, you know, what, what, why should my, you know, my friend be treated any differently based off the color of his skin? He talks like us. He, he, you know, he bleeds like us. He feels like us. So why would he be treated or should be treated any differently? And Dr. King didn't single anyone out. And I feel that even in today's America, we need to make sure that all people of color, all people of color, that we're on the same plane together, that we're all together when it comes to how we walk in this country. We want the same things in this country, a fair, a fair chance, a fair shot. Not only better ourselves, but also leave a legacy behind so that way our children will know you can be anything that you want in this country and actually mean it. It's not just parents speak or, you know, family speak or anything like that. You actually can mean what you say by saying you can be anything that you want in this country. But would Dr. King be happy, satisfied? Um, mad in today's America how much how far have we actually gotten you know um, it doesn't seem that we've gotten too far I mean we've made strides of course and, and I'm not just talking about oh we had a black president that's wonderful. Now we have a black vice president. Oh, wow. Okay. To me, in this country, it has to go a lot deeper. A lot deeper than that. When we can look at each other and not see color. When we can look at each other and not see, you know, oh, they must be this or they must be that. I better be on my guard. I mean, you should be aware at all times, but it should not be based on how someone looks that you that you kind of almost take a defensive position from this from the start. Would he feel that there has been any progress politically, economically? I mean, let's let's face it. Economically, in this country, there is still a great divide between the quote-unquote haves and have-nots. There, there's, there's, there, there's definitely an economic divide, and of course, you have your outliers there of those individuals who go to, uh, you know, law school, engineering school, medical school. I mean, for the most part, if you look at your your your, your dentists or your, your physical therapists, or even your doctors, most of them are people of color. So there is that, there, there, there's not that, what do, you, what do you want to call it? You know, they, you know they're, 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 they're part of that small percentage that, hey, said, you know what, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going into the medical field, I'm going into the law, you know, the law field, I'm going into, you know, whatever field. I'm not going to let anything 
stop me. Now, of course, you have those on the other end of the spectrum that may not have the same resources, that may not have the same um, opportunities afforded to them. So it's just a matter of saying, okay, how can we equal, you know, level the playing field to whereas everyone has the same, you know, opportunities. Now, granted, you know, I'm not naive to think that everyone wants to get ahead. Everyone wants to be more than what they are. You have certain people, some people, regardless of color, that just says, hey, you know what? I'm fine just, you know, doing the same thing every day, being the same person, what have you, I'm good. But then these are the same people that really get upset and 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 have the, the stereotypical uh, aura about them when an injustice occurs in this country. I would ask that person, I mean, how are you devoting your time? How are you... Um, being the presence in the community for for peace to whereas maybe a small impact or, or a small influence can lead to a greater influence to whereas we're, we're acknowledging and, and saying to our, uh, our our younger generation value your life value who you are would Dr. King be more or less, would, would, would he be happy? Would, would he be solemn? Would he be, you know, you know, how would he feel? Looking at the state of, you know, our country currently, um, you know, dealing with, you know, racism and dealing with, you know, you know, the, you know, the color barriers and things of that nature. Again, it goes back to. You know, with our kids being out of school today, and you know, most parents are just you know off of work today. How many of us? How many of you will say, "Hey, do you know why that you're out of school today?" You know, actually make it a point because I feel that much of what our children learn is not does not come from books in schools or from libraries that it comes from within the household and many of this generation generation uh what is it uh z um, <laughs> z they're lost i'll be the first one to say they're they're, they're lost to a certain extent because many of them I don't even know if the books currently if the current curriculum even touches on you know Dr. Martin it may touch on Dr. Martin Luther King uh, maybe Malcolm X you know um, definitely Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad uh, Crispus Attucks because um, he's one of the first African Americans killed in, in you know um uh, during the start of the Revolutionary War that led up to the Revolutionary War. I mean, hey, outside of them, I mean, who else? Like, who else? Um, and, 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 and it's not a matter of trying to live up to Martin's, you know, Dr. King's ideals. Because you have to remember, he was a reverend. 
a lot of what he spoke about in his speech had the foundation, you know, had biblical foundations. He talked about love and faith, and, and you know, from uh, AmericanRhetoric.com, you know, you can listen to the audio as well as the transcript as well. It's about 16 minutes long, so it's not long at all. Most TV shows are twice or three times that, so I would definitely implore each and every one of you just to give it a listen, just to get the full the full impact of his words. It's the full impact of his words. And going back to his, his speech, he also says this, there are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. I mean, we pretty much knew police brutality existed in 1963. And, and it has never been more prevalent now, 60 years later. I mean, police brutality has always been in the news to a certain extent, but with the introduction of, you know, actual footage of seeing George Floyd with the, with the officer's knee on his neck, you know, dying. It's like now it takes on a different turn. It's like this is, you know, that that's brutality on a different scale. He also goes on to say we can never be satisfied as long as our bodies heavy with the fatigue of travel cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the cities. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro's basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto to a larger one. No, no, we are not satisfied. And we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I mean, I cannot say enough how how impactful this speech actually is after, after actually listening to it and just reading it. He goes on to say, and I'm sure this is, these are the parts that we've often heard in TV shows and commercials and things of that nature, that he still has a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. So even in the midst of having dogs attack them, police brutality, the racism, out of love, out of faith, Dr. King still preached this message to everyone that was listening. I believe there was over 100,000 there uh, with the, on the March of Washington, give or take. Um, In in this speech, 
resonated throughout the country. If Woodstock didn't, uh, <laughs> if Woodstock didn't occur shortly thereafter when they were preaching love and love and not war, I mean, um, Woodstock more than likely was a response to the Vietnam War and everything like that. But by the same token, it was shortly thereafter that you know messages of peace and love were were you know those symbols were all throughout the country there I mean I would want my I would want my son to know who Dr. Martin Luther King is not just Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. but of course you know any activist that fought for human rights it just so happened that Dr. King was an African American man who felt firsthand the atrocities of being of what it meant to be black in this country and I'm not here to preach a woe is me or black people have it hard and this that and the third or whatever no I would rather you take away from this To basically get re reacquainted with those individuals that fought for human rights, whether they were black, white, Asian, Indian, you know, the Mother Teresas of the world, the Mahatma Gandhis of the world, who throughout history, you know, have faced physical opposition with peace, with peaceful demonstrations. And one. And one. I know we live in a country where, or a society where, oh, someone does something to me, I'm going to do something back to them. Or if someone does something here, I got to react this way. I got to burn neighborhoods and trash uh, businesses and things of that nature. Oh, I'm just so frustrated. That shows a society. That shows a society that. That, that, that has lost its way to a certain degree that have allowed their emotions to get the best of them and, and, and we're trying to figure out what does burning down your neighborhood essentially setting cars on fire what is that doing towards the cause that you're supposedly fighting for you want peace but you're going about it in a non-peaceful manner and, and we don't always need a civil rights activist, you know, in our midst to get us, you know, to get us on the right path. We have to be able to do that on our own. We have to be able to self-govern ourselves and say, you know what, in my house, I'm going to, you know, teach that, I'm going to teach my kids that, you know, don't look at someone's skin color and think automatically that they're this or they're that because you wouldn't want that to be done to you. I'm not going to teach my kids, hey, you know, automatically think that the world is out to get you. So you got to get them before they get you. No. Because if you don't live in a, a state of fear, you're going to live in a state of anxiety. It's always going to be a defensive position, like you're backed in a corner, and you're not backed into a corner, but it's going to feel like that. 
I believe Dr. King, in my personal opinion, would be disappointed. He would see the strides. He would he would acknowledge, hey, that, that's great that we had, uh, uh, you know, a black president and all that sort of stuff. But we still have a long way to go. And he knew that it wasn't going to be an overnight uh, um, success. It wasn't going to be an overnight uh, transition to where hearts are turned from ice to 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 to, to have warm resonations within them. That hey, you know what? This black guy is my brother. This Asian guy is my brother too. This Indian guy, this Spanish guy, they're my brothers as well. Yes, we're we have different backgrounds. We grew up doing and saying different things, but that doesn't make me better than you or less than you. That doesn't make you better than me or less than me. It just means we're different. And when we can accept our differences, when we can accept our differences, regardless of how the media portrays people of color, no matter how uh, these TV shows that portray people of color, we can say, you know what, I know this is entertainment, but that's not how all Indians are. That's not how all black people are. That's not how all brown people are. If this is We're just going to take this for entertainment value only. When we can do that consistently, we'll have children that grow up to be adults that won't see color. But they'll see the person. So, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in today into the cypher podcast again shout out to ian over there at hard knock music you can follow him on instagram hard knock music underscore official for this beat it's it's i love it because it's smooth and mellow wanted to give you guys something different um but definitely definitely i want each and every one of you to just think and reflect on what this day actually means whether you do anything at all or whether you just, you know, uh, trying to get some errands done, regardless of where you are in the country, in the world, reflect on the meaning of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his legacy. You know, sit down your kids and, and talk to them about it. And I, I, I promise you, most of them may not even know who either who he is or the impact that he has, you know, done for this country. Because I do believe some of that impact has been lost. But thank you again. I appreciate each and every one of you. And of course, share the podcast. Get it out there. We're going to continue to grow the cypher as we continue to grow to be the best best version of ourselves. Um, it's, an everyday, it's an everyday process, people. It's an everyday process. So definitely, definitely, I love each and every one of you. Continue to have a blessed day, blessed week. I'll see you again later on this week right here. And of course, before you can love anyone else, you must first love yourself. And I am out this thing. Cypher. Enter the cipher with your light 